Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Character Arc Podcast, where each week we watch a movie. We start off by giving a quick synopsis of that film, which is a bit of a ridiculous synopsis. Then we go into a general discussion where we talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, and then move on to some changes we would make if we were the ones making the movie. My name is Richard Bertelson. And I am Ted Hong. And this week we watched Gemini Man. Gemini. The Gemini Cricket Gemini. Man. Gemini. I'd have him right there. Take the shot. I want to be forever young. And he'd be gone like a ghost. Do you really want to live forever? Who is he? as good as you he is you oh man ted i really enjoyed the sound of that trailer just playing right now oh it was so good first time i've heard it <laughs> do you want to go first with the synopsis or would you like me to go first? uh yeah i can go first after hosting an old friend at his humble abode a transporter enjoying a game of soccer with his pet toucan getting nuts uh he later finds himself blown up the first time he's a passenger instead of a driver <laughs> Have so many things about what you just said. One, yes, that scene that showed that colorful event that you just <laughs> like the the toucan eating the nuts and him watching soccer. If that were written to the screenplay, which I have my doubts, but if it were, it's what literally the... like a paragraph of like <laughs> he watches exterior interior. I don't even know if it's inside or outside, but he's like either on his porch or with yeah, evening. Like, Baron lazily watches soccer takes a drink of his beer while a toucan eats nuts on the table and then that's the end of the scene and, and he moves on to the next scene <laughs> it's like, why? that was it yeah um also yes baron's death later i want to talk about that a little bit because it was kind of just very nonchalant as far as mm-hmm. a pretty important character dying but uh yes spoilers always guys my synopsis of this film is older will smith and clive owen do a little double penetration on young will smith Oh, you know what? I actually have another uh, <laughs> synopsis. Superman and Lex Luthor create Superboy, which yeah. is essentially what it is. <laughs> yes, especially Clive Owen, especially early on. I mean, every time, but like the first couple times we meet him, like when he's talking to that woman, the other, you know, higher ranking agent from a different department, they're like Boris and Natasha. Like, <laughs> they are just so clearly villains scheming. Yeah. It's like when when uh, the movie opened up on the train, I was like, those guys are bad guys, <laughs> just initially. <laughs> so it plays into a lot of tropes. The movie reminds me, the plot of this movie and the way the movie's executed reminds me a lot of older James Bond. Not, not, not super old James Bond, not super silly James Bond. Right. Like Pierce Brosnan James Bond. Although not, although not that, die another day. Though like, okay, like between say. between Golden Eye and Tomorrow Never Dies, kind of J- of James Bond, where it's like a kind of villain that is clearly the villain, and the plot is pretty. It's taken seriously, and you can take it seriously as you're watching it, but it's pretty ridiculous. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yes, it's it's a villain with schemes and an agent who goes to like five different locations. Right. And we'd really, like to take apart those schemes in a bit. Yeah. Not learning 
that much, but enough to advance the plot, and then the movie ends in some showdown. It's right. it's a it's a mid '90s James Bond movie. Is oh, what there it you, is. oh, there you just exactly what I was trying to say in my head. I was trying to. It was very uh, reminiscent of in of action movies from before. Yeah. Um, I was noting that with like how they kind of built like each action sequence and then kind of punctuated it with everything. Um, Before we had superhero movies as every action movie, and the, even the ones that aren't superhero movies, like John Wick, where he's just a superhero, though. Really, if you think about it, it's shot like a superhero movie, um, although cooler sometimes. But this is what this is what these movies were. This is what this be. is yeah, what an yeah. action movie was. And I think that's obviously in part because of Ang Lee being that generation. It kind of makes sense now. Uh, with first impressions, I thought this movie was going to be a little more. It, I thought I was imagining it was going to have a little more depth to it, um, which is kind of how it was led on in terms of marketing uh, mm-hmm. for the trailers. Um, like it was going to tackle some sort of ethical question of should we clone someone? Should we do? I mean, that kind of idea. It touches it. It but touches it's not. it a little bit. Yeah. It so it doesn't enough. shy away from it. Yeah. It acknowledges it, but it's not relevant to the central plot. Yeah. And it, it, it touches on that enough to like well not enough but i mean in a way that's like not bad but yeah it doesn't dive into it it's not a sci-fi like think piece because yeah which is how it seemed like it was going to be Mm. right so i to me it seemed like it was uh it was kind of i'm doing a gesture and i'm expecting richard to be able to describe this right now i can't rainbows it's like (laughs) (laughs) uh it's like i don't know why this is the image that i had but it's a it's a straw that splits into two straws into two cups. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Okay, so the idea is that it's like it's an action movie, but then it also tries to be a little bit uh, to it, the sci-fi element, but it doesn't really do it. The sci-fi element's almost irrelevant, really, for a lot of it. Yeah, exactly. Because it's really just, it uses it mostly to try to make will smith quote unquote look in the mirror and like look back on his life and if he could do it differently he would right by the way just so we can talk about a little more clearly the movie the plot of the movie is will smith is an assassin kills a lot of people best best in the world at what he does leaves retires is hunted to be killed because he finds out that maybe all of his targets weren't legitimate and then once they can't kill him turns out there was an organization there was a secret uh department or yeah. contractor mm-hmm. who made clones of him a clone of him and sends the clone to kill him but you would actually think there'd be a lot of him fighting the clone and there's not really there's not and it's because it's most it literally it very quickly turns into will smith just trying to convince his clone to change his to ways change. because See, he wishes he had changed this his is ways. what i mean like it was not not necessarily a, a sci-fi it's like tried to be dramatic but then sci-fi but then action because with the action elements if you you could even still change the character and maybe make him more of a political figure. I would actually argue that instead of that introspective stuff, because here's the deal. The movie's actually very well acted. It is, in a way, very well written. I mean, the plot is the plot. But when I say very well written, I don't mean like, yeah, sometimes Clive Owen sounds like Lex Luthor, and et cetera, et cetera. However, when I say well written, I mean it's tight. It starts, you get an, you immediately know who every character is as you meet them, because they have, they do something, or they're in a place that that draws out their character in a way yeah. you can see immediately. It's well layered. And it, yeah, every character has just enough shades or depth to them that they feel real enough. Mm-hmm. And then it just moves. You know, Will Smith, this is what he does. He retires. 
He learns the information. He's being hunted now. It just goes. It's just off running. Right. That's what I was going to say. And that, that was kind of like uh, the sort of reminiscent part of like the action sequences, the beat and the flow mm. of like from one thing to another. It was very tight. Absolutely. Um, but it's how it was that made me think it was like sort of like a 90s movie. Speaking of which, um, who names their company Gemini? Would they clearly make clone unless that was the idea right that was like, it's like we make clothes this is what, well, what we do we, yeah. gemini you want it to be a secret i mean i guess maybe you think well right, one day yeah. we don't have to be secret yeah exactly it's just like broadcasting it hey we're making clones over here this is what we do if you can kind of put two and two together it's like when um jk rowling named professor lupin professor lupin yeah and the whole book is about who's the werewolf maybe the ones that named after a fucking wolf yeah Anyway, sorry. Yeah. I have. I personally believe J.K. Rowling's a terrible writer. Um, <laughs> Shots fired. Someone made some great movies based on her work. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. God. Um, Just <laughs> invited the internet. <laughs> <laughs> the internet's going to come after us now. Um, um, but here's the thing is, I here's what... Uh, I'm not going to go into details. I mean, it is kind of a change, but I just think it's relevant because what we're talking about, which is that I wish it didn't... Because it has a good structure to it, and because it has really good performances to it, I wish it were just true lies. Yeah, or like, more like, um, action and sci-fi, but less um, introspective. Yeah, I wish... Yeah. I wish Terminator Will Smith... Spoiler, there's a third Will Smith, yeah. and he's just... He's a Terminator, essentially. He's he doesn't feel pain, or at least maybe he does, but he doesn't. He that they, they kind of hint at the idea that maybe he does as he's dying. He just doesn't show it in any way. Right. And they they burn him and they shoot him a million times, and he can do weird ninja shit. <laughs> I wish that were just the second Will Smith through the whole movie. Yeah. I wish that he was being hunted by that thing, because uh, that would be more fun than I what see, we got. I see what you're saying. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I kind of like what they did here, but I understand. I actually, I would be okay with both. I like both ideas because I did like this whole third. I was wondering when, uh, toward the end, when uh, Baby Smith came in and he was like, oh, no, I'm on your side. I was like, oh, so there's no big finale kind of a, di- a thing. Um, but then, you know, Tr- Terminator Smith comes in and <laughs> fucks everything up. Uh, and I was like, okay, there it is. Because there's got to be some, you know, central high stakes uh sort of action sequence and then of course the the moral part see that's that's the part where i was was thinking that they were trying to be more introspective and go into more of an ethical argument or you know more about the human soul that kind of thing that that kind of lends more toward the sci-fi aspect but it kind of it stretches itself then that's what i was trying to say with the straws (laughs) it's just like it tries to be this and that and this over here and it's never great at any of them it's never bad at any of them it's not bad it's just never great at any of them right exactly jack of all trades master of none situation that kind of situation thank you it's a movie that it's a movie that's well made and could be great if it picked a lane yeah like the action sequences could have been uh it could have taken a tertiary wow i went with that word uh priority yeah there's no none of person even though it's weird sci-fi stuff none of it is mind-blowing because it's it's Mm -hmm. it's well-tread water for one and they because they don't go deep enough in it it certainly doesn't say anything new about it exactly i think that was the case so spread itself then to the point where everyone's already familiar with it it's not groundbreaking you there is there are a couple twists at the end including like third smith and stuff like that but 
none of them you're never like <gasps> it's yeah. just like okay yeah that makes sense that's fine yeah uh, the, the uh, logical I, next step i can put movie. that together yeah, yeah exactly um i want to quickly talk about ang lee's style ang lee Please, is a very yes. skilled filmmaker oh absolutely a lot of this film is very beautiful why a lot of the stuff that happens in that first action se- that first major action sequence when baby smith hunts papa smith or whatever um <laughs> It. It's funny. I was going to say something good about it, but no, it's go very ahead. good. Oh, okay, it's a go. very the stuff that happens is very good. Um, it is a very good action sequence. The, I wish Ang Lee didn't keep going to first person in it. In that first time, he didn't go first. He went first person. I know in the catacombs. No, he went first person on the bike several times. He went first person. Oh, that's with right. Going over ledges several times. Right. right. It started to feel like I was watching a video game. Right. And I don't I, I want to watch a video feeling. game. I want to mm-hmm. watch a movie. <laughs> uh, for me, that that wasn't. It didn't strike me as much. I did that, note it. Like I, I was like, oh, why would you go to that? But that pulled me out a lot. Oh, um, I do like that sequence a lot. I mm-hmm. just wish he didn't do that. It was, it was, a, it was an example of his styling distracting from what was happening to me right. personally. I want to say something really nice about that. I really liked the introduction of that character. It's kind of sad that. It's kind of the whole premise of the movie, so you have to market it as such. There's no way to kind of like save it as a sort of reveal. Right. Um, but if they had in some, I don't know, logical way that they could, that introduction of his character, um, because all you see are like silhouettes and shadows and mm-hmm. seeing this character pursue uh, Papa Smith. And it was done so so well. Like you see the reflection in the puddles, which of course, you know, seeing reflections, that's a huge motif yeah. in this. That was really cool. The whole problem-solving aspect, so it's like, oh, if he's going to do this, I'm prepared for this. And then you can you can see the the wheels turning in their head, mm-hmm. um, their heads, how they're going to try to get the other person. And then you can also understand, like, just I mean, no no dialogue was said here, but you understand like the hesitancy, why he yeah. doesn't want to kill this person, and it's, and it's good. Um, so even though it plays into a lot of tropes, it's not necessarily very cliche. Can I even say that? Because but the way that this, the way that that scene especially plays out, though, is like you said, it, it's it's acted in a way and it's uh, choreographed and shot in a way and edited in a way that you you are kind of impressed with with their skill mm-hmm. in how they are hunting and how they're battling each other. Right. Uh, and even though that's not a new concept, it is done with a craft here that I think is is a lot sharper. And a lot better than a lot of other times it's been done. So it makes right. that sequence really stand out, even not being necessarily brand new. Right. And plus, I, a more good stuff is that the intensity and how it builds, like, um, first in an isolated area and then to a chase, a uh, foot chase, and then over to... When Little Will Smith slaps Big Will Smith with a tire of a, yeah. <laughs> of a motorcycle, they... One of the Will Smiths fights the other one. The other one never gets off his motorcycle. Yeah. Motorcycles, there was, they were like three points when he made a turn. I was like, I don't think they can go that fast, like just from zero. What I mean by that is like, he goes, like he stops and then he's all the way across. Yeah. Just, I don't know how to put it to words right now. It's just. I just thought it was hilarious when he does a wheelie on his front wheel and just smacks him in the face with the back wheel of the motorcycle. Yeah. Never seen someone slap someone with a motorcycle, but I enjoyed it. Oh, it was good. I feel like I've seen it in another movie, but this one really... But have you ever seen Will Smith slap Will Smith with a motorcycle? Sorry. No, I can't say that I have. 
Hey guys, we'll return to our discussion of Gemini Man in just a second, but first a very brief ad from our friend Mendel Sands. If you want to know more about Mendel Sands, you can see him on our D&D Play podcast here in this feed or in its own feed just by searching Character Arcana on your favorite podcasting app. Mendel? Okay, so there were a lot of sequences where it was the CGI for him was great, this uh, de-aging effect. Um, there was a scene where he had been... Uh, it was after that sequence, after the, the, the whole first encounter, um, and he was in the bedroom. Uh, although there were a couple of shots that looked weird. I actually didn't weird. think that one was great. There were... I thought the middle of the movie was good. I thought the introduction and the outro... Catacombs. The introduction is better than the outro, but yeah. it's not as good as some of the middle. But I think the middle of the movie, part of it is because it's not a close-up on him doing emotional things. There were... It was when he was sitting on... It was like pretty much... It was like a mid-close-up. It's with Clive Owen sitting on his shoulder right over there. No, I'm saying I didn't. I thought that was kind of bad. I'm saying that I thought that was kind of good. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying, though. It's like, here's, I, it wasn't as bad as the end, but he looked, if the he end. stays still, he looks like a photograph. They were, okay. But as so soon as he moves, the animations make him look, that's just slightly, slightly unnervingly mm-hmm. unhum, inhuman. Right. So, <laughs> and I don't, it I made me uncomfortable. <laughs> I, no, that's what I'm saying, because the way the lighting of the room, when he didn't move, it was good. Um, in some cases, it was fine, like, but then there were certain movements. I'm going to get to an example in a second. but Okay, so in the catacombs, even though the light was directly on his face, and usually um, as I, with CGI, they have to have a stark contrast to make it look real. Because like, with, you know, with our eyes, we can see these things where it's like, we know what's human. I think that's why it doesn't matter as much in the catacombs, because it's just a broad sense of fear. That he's like you're talking about when he's shining the light on him and he's down. Yeah, but like even that that and looked then, inc- incredible. Yeah, no, that looks good. But I think it's because it's a very broad emotion. It's just a very blanket emotion, and so it works really well. And I think in a lot of the other scenes, he's in shadows, and so and it's never as close as like towards the, that first shot. Mm-hmm. The first shot I think bothers me because it's a very complex. It's it's kind of a more complicated thing. He's reacting to his father. He's reacting to weird shit that he saw. He's rea- you know what I mean he's he's thinking he's contemplative and so what you're and i i agree with what you're saying which is that humans recognize a million things about the way our faces move that we communicate with that we understand whether someone is Just subconsciously yeah we yeah like we don't know that we're seeing that the nostril does this and the upper <laughs> cheek does that and the you know the ear pulls back but we do, our brains do, and that's how we read social situations, even though we aren't consciously knowing that. So when you see something that isn't doing it exactly right, your brain is like, what? This yeah. isn't, no, this isn't okay. And actually your brain kind of tells you, get out, because this is fucking weird. Right. And it's called the Uncanny Valley. Um, I've heard theories that the Uncanny the uncanny Valley, the reason why it happens when something looks sort of inhuman is because uh, it reminds of reminds us of corpses um hmm. because it's oh yeah yeah and so it's an our, it's our brain's reaction because it generally refers to cg that is kind of somewhat unmoving but real lifelike yeah uh in this case you know all of his face muscles aren't moving correctly so there's something wrong with him and the idea is this is just a th- psychological theory obviously which is that we need to avoid a corpse because it's full of diseases so our body's like our brain right. is like nope back away and that's actually how i felt i didn't feel like he was corpse like in that <laughs> but i felt like when we get to the point where androids are lifelike, they'll move like that. They'll that's what like I tell. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I was like, He's very a robot. much so. And the the last sequence was very such an egregious. Oh God! Sort when, of example. When Everything. everyone's happy again and they're talking, and Will Smith is talking to Young Will Smith. Young Will Smith 
it gets worse as he that looks scene so bad. Yeah, it is horrific. I I even made the joke as like when he was coming in with like a group of people, I was like I think they're all CG, <laughs> <laughs> just all of them. Yeah, thank God he didn't look like that through the whole movie. No, that would have. I towards the, the last couple shots of him, I almost couldn't that look was at bad. it <laughs> again. But then like. Again, contrast to like the last sequence that we saw where, you know, Terminator Smith and Clive Owens came through. He looked really real there. But then there were times when it was like a closer shot. It's just maybe it was the jawline of Will Smith or something Mm -hmm. that it just didn't look right. So here's what it made me think of. Have you ever seen Resident Evil 2 remakes uh, where they do like 500% animation? No. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious <laughs> but that's what i think of it's like they take certain features it's like taking make it into a caricature of him and then as they're talking it's like a completely normal scene video sequence um or cutscene, and it's just their face is just completely morphed to the extreme um and that's what i thought it of did, what I, it did in the final scene look like will smith's face was starting to like Bubble on his bones. Right. Were to his bubble eyes his were like facing different directions. Like they weren't. <laughs> I had to imagine either they added that scene later so they didn't have as much time as they did on the rest of the movie, or Will Smith pissed off someone in the process and they were like, like fuck, fuck you. Fuck you, Will Smith. This is what young Will Smith looks like. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I agree in that final. The like climactic battle, yeah. He mostly looks very good there. Oh yeah, um, probably oh, yeah. the best he does in the movie because even on most of the medium shots and stuff like that, he he is the most believable. I think there is a. I did note something when Terminator Smith was climbing up the building. Oh, he didn't move naturally. None of them did. Oh yeah, I know. And I understand they they were trying to translate this idea that it's supposed to be seamless, but that's kind of, I feel like what ends up translating to us as viewers is that it's bad CG. Wouldn't you agree? Right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, again, I know that Ang Lee wanted his movie to be watched in a certain way. It was like 120 frames per second at uh, at three uh, 3D and 4K. It's like Jesus, man. I mean, That's all theaters it. are going to be 4K. Some some are 8K yeah, anyway. But um, not right now. They're not. No, so they are. Theaters are. Not all of them. Most are. I mean, yes. Most home TVs then, aren't, but most theaters are. Right, right, right. But the other stuff, no. In fact, the other stuff is not even possible at most locations. So I think most IMAX is capable of it, I think. I'm just trying to understand how that motion at that speed is supposed to make the CGI look more human when... That's what he claims, but... Yeah, it's still... I mean, like, I was comparing when they were standing next to each other. You could still see the difference. I don't understand how one would kind of... I don't don't think it would. I think that it would just make the movie look like it's in high frame rate. Some people like that smooth motion stuff. I I don't. don't. I don't. Because here's the thing. When When you put a movie in high frame rate... Like people like high frame rates for video games because video games aren't the real world, and you want the clarity of seeing motion right, right. because you're moving, you're probably doing something jerky, mm-hmm. like shooting things. But in so having that fluidity right. kind of counterbalances. But in a film, what high frame rate? If you recorded at high frame rate and then you played in high frame rate, what happens is it gets it gets rid of motion blur, which you might think, oh, cool, because then the action will be super clear. But no, real life has motion blur. Your eyes see motion blur mm-hmm. when you move things fast. And so what it actually ends up looking like is really artificial. Artificial. And I've and, seen that on TV. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, I would never. What? I, I remember mentioning it when it first came out uh, with this you know, higher frame rate. And yeah. I was like, 
Does that not look weird to you? And I just yeah, it, I remember it was. It's there's a reason why strange. TVs used to come with motion smoothing on them, where they because TVs can run at 60 hertz or 120 hertz, they just don't because, or they do, but the film doesn't because we learned when HD started coming out and DVDs and stuff and Blu-ray started having that as an option. No, everyone turned it off. So there's a reason why TVs don't come with it. They used to come automatically turned on, and now they don't because right. most people feel like it doesn't look like it's supposed to look because it doesn't because it and it's not that it looks it's not that anything changes about the actual image itself it's just the motion is no longer the way the human eye sees it's mm-hmm. better than the human eye which again sounds cool it is cool for a slow motion in a nature doc- documentary when oh, you're yeah. trying to see something scientific but it's but when you're trying to invest in scope. characters in a world mm-hmm. that you believable then having cyborg eyes isn't helping that situation yeah Cyborg eyes, which is essentially what it's giving I would, you. It's giving I would you kill the, for cyborg It's eyes. giving you the ability to see things beyond any human's ability to see. Right. So shut up, Angley. <laughs> I mean, it's fine if you want to experiment with it and stuff. I think it's fine, but don't don't tell people that's the way to see your movie because, for one, it's not possible for most people. Yeah, it's just not an option. So, what do you want them to do? Yeah. Also, exactly. I think that a lot of filmmakers would probably disagree with you, and that's fine. You right. can do your own artistic thing. Uh, Mang Lee has learned, earned plenty of clout. He's a very talented filmmaker, but yeah. I personally which, disagree with him on this. Yeah. Uh, speaking of agreeing or disagreeing with him, the ratings, I feel like we're kind of harsh. The movie has a, what is it, 25% of Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, on Rotten Tomatoes. I think uh, that's... I think that's... I think that's unfair. Or, yeah, I we, think that's really unfair. We did criticize the movie, and those criticisms stand, but mm-hmm. the movie's also... Fine. It has a lot of good qualities. I think if you look, if you're paying, depending on your market, ten to fifteen dollars, would I say run out and watch it? Probably not. But you should definitely watch it on streaming or something. Like I, it's, it's I, a fun. I enjoyed it. It's one of those movies because I think it was just the way it was shot. It was really creative in how it did it. It. Here's my complaint. I don't know why people like always praise like the born identity and it's filmmaking or not filmmaking the cinematography because i honestly because you can't it. see anything that's happening i the hate sequences. it so much there's no sense of location yeah, or exactly and i'm supposed to believe like i'm supposed to be wild that this guy is supposed to be this awesome assassin but in this it doesn't it, it shows it right where did he live again was what did not, they say was that not columbia that was columbia, oh that was right? columbia there we go thank you yes oh and then my favorite place uh what is it buttermilk sound buttermilk sound of georgia <laughs> <laughs> who thinks of that is that a real place god it makes me sound so ignorant right now but i mean the name buttermilk buttermilk i mean it's probably a real place but when you're when you're looking for the location to put at the as the subtitle on your your action movie buttermilk sound is a weird way to go it totally is it's you in could macintosh have, county you could have just picked any fucking town in georgia <laughs> i am so surprised what a wonderful place. It sounds like a wonderful place to be. I think that's where he was retiring, right? That's where he wanted? Yes. I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah, it was very it was very remote. It's very soft. Peaceful, yeah. That whole uh, scene in Buttermilk Sound, when he sits down and is he's talking to the other guy, and you can see out his window. His handler. And it's just, it's this gorgeous shot of, like, you know, yeah, southern yeah. fields. Mm-hmm. And that always happened in the movie. Ang Lee always put them somewhere where whatever was behind them, even though he didn't make it the focus, it mm-hmm. was like picturesque. Like yeah. he, he knew you could remove the actors from any one of them, and it's like tourist photography in the background yeah, is like absolutely. what you saw all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Angley was very careful where he picked, obviously, or you know his his location scout in him. Uh, the only thing I want to touch on is at the beginning when 
they go to burn Will Smith and take him out. I understand that. They want to kill him because he found out information. They want to kill the guy who gave him the information. But then they also want to kill their own person who was tailing him, who was surveilling him, even though she didn't know the information he knew. And they also killed his partner. Who was not... Not even in the same, like... He was in Virginia, from what I heard, which was... He didn't learn. He was on the job Will Smith did, but he didn't learn anything that Will Smith learned. Right. But they're just, like, killing all of their own people who know nothing about what the problem is. They're trying to cover it up, but then by killing everyone... You you draw a lot of questions. Yeah. What is it? The Streisand effect? Yeah. (laughs) It's... Yeah, it's ridiculous. Because if, if like, you could say, oh, we killed Will Smith because he went rogue, it's like, why'd you kill these other four people related to him? (laughs) Oh, adding on to that point, Clive Owens is talking about how he's going to make it look like a Russian hit, but who does he send? Will Smith. Will Smith, who looks nothing... He does, Russian does not seem Russian at all. It was like, oh yeah, who uh, the Russians sent? It was the, where they sent Russians. That, that guy wasn't Russian. <laughs> Very blatantly so, not Russian. Um, yeah, uh, Clive Owen doesn't really do anything to try to cover it up. Really, no. he says he's gonna do it. It's gonna be no one's gonna know. But then, all of his plans are pretty fucking bombastic. Right. Later, he shoots. He has someone shoot. A rocket launcher into a van in the middle of a small Georgia town. Right. <laughs> then make it that completely. Yeah. And just send Terminator Smith after Will Smith. Yeah. And then you have a little bit more fun of a movie for sure. Mm-hmm. You could still use all of the skill and craft that you put into it, but it would be a more fun ride. Which again, the movie's never boring. No. I don't want to suggest that by any means. I just yeah. mean it could be it could be that much better. Is all. Right. It's good. It's you. I think most people who like action movies who watch this, most people will probably it. like it. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. <clears throat> Um, yeah, exactly. It's it's good, but it could totally be better, you know, up to our perception of Ang Lee's ability. And right? everyone involved, like, like, executes so well. Just Like, visually, movie's great. Pacing, the flow of it was great. But then the story elements kind of lacked. It was lacking. How about, uh, how about another point? Any other little, oh. little tidbits? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only other sort of plot hole thing that I would say, which... Will Smith is the most is the best at what he does, so that's why they clone him and make another one. And they, I, Clive Owen obviously thinks, well, I can train him from birth, and then he'll be even that much more like perfect. And you know, the third one is only an extrapolation of that, where they remove any kind of like personal personality at all. So you're you're cloning Will Smith, who is allergic to bees. Now you're in there with the DNA. This is clearly advanced science. This is clearly the future. You just. Keep him allergic to bees. <laughs> One of the most common insects on the planet. You just you don't you don't be like, well, that's something I would change. I know I want everything else about Will Smith, but maybe if he's <laughs> hanging out in like a sniper's nest somewhere, he doesn't die because a bee landed on him. I was I was thinking to myself when he got shot by that dart. I was like, oh, this is how he dies. The great assassin gets killed by a beast. <laughs> but two points on that. Uh yeah I agree. Um, you fucking killed a bee. The bee population is declining, man. <laughs> but it is ridiculous. Um, for him, I personally would have liked more of the introspective side. Um, and then the action sequence was just on the outer part. Um, it's one of those things where we're going in different directions with it. But I think that either are true. That you could make it a wilder type of action movie and it'd be it'd be a more enjoyable or you can make it a deeper kind of sci-fi movie to be enjoyable i think that both of those movies would be better than this one not again this movie's fine it's just 
it's so in the middle of it it doesn't that yeah. you're not gonna it's not gonna be the best at either so yeah, pick exactly one. and right i think you're completely right that'd be a better movie and i think that it being weirder would be a better movie too or more yeah. ridiculous would be a better movie yeah. too. i think yeah, both yeah. are completely true right so we're in agreement it's just on different yeah. angles on that um so yeah uh good points uh mary elizabeth winstead period full ted's stop. favorite she is just amazing i love i'm just in love with her i think she's great <laughs> um no yeah she's great she's she's got like a strong presence she does actually talented. her character is pretty great in this movie too I, and she plays it very well obviously I, honestly, it is nice she it is nice to see her kick some ass and not in a way that draws attention to it in like a yay we did feminism way but just know she's just an agent who like when she's attacked when they're first coming after smith and she gets the she's information from that capable. guy yeah i mm. liked like he didn't come to save her and she, it was actually enjoyable even just removing gender from it it was just enjoyable to see that oh will smith's not the only person who can fight in this world like right. there are other capable people too and it's nice just in general i wish more action movies in general would be like no multiple people are talented uh you mean you don't want to see a movie like commando where arnold schwarzenegger takes on an entire island no (laughs) (laughs) that's not what you want to see even yeah even just in that basic respect is like okay so he doesn't have to spend the movie protecting her and again that is nice from a gender perspective, but it's also nice from just a construction a of a movie perspective. It's like I was gonna say, they are yeah. helping each other. So even if they In were tandem. both men or both women, mm-hmm. it's nice that nobody's protecting anybody. They're both helping the way that humans help right. in a equal sort of way. Interdependent, <laughs> yeah. I guess would be the word. Yeah, no, um, but honestly, she I love that she always plays these strong characters. Well, thank you all for joining us and listening to the Character Arc Podcast. You can find us and follow us and share and like and subscribe at Character Arc on Facebook, at Character Arc on Instagram. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find a full list of links on characterarc.net, our website. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Richard. And I still am, Ted. I will cease to be Richard until next week when you can join us again. <laughs>